Welcome back to the Health Call Radio Hour. If you've got a question, you don't have to give blood to get the answer. Just drop us a line on the Health Call website at healthcall.live. That's healthcall.live. Or message us on the Health Call Facebook page. Now, back to health and wellness correspondent, Lee Kelso. On this program, we focus on aging well, feeling as good as we can as those years pile up over time. And for many men, that involves testosterone supplementation. However, several guys pump the brakes. They're trying to make sense out of all the publicity, all the crazy promises they hear from low-T clinics out there. They're skeptical about the benefits or concerned about cancer risks or some other way that supplemental testosterone could damage your health. Well, today we're offering a deep dive into therapy for low T with Dr. Bruce Dore. He is an advisor for a company called BioT. They offer pelletized bioidentical testosterone replacement. Now, what you're going to hear today may not be entirely completely unbiased, but Dr. Dore has published papers on hormone replacement, and I find him authoritative and credible. So let's get started with a simple question. If it is natural for our bodies to slowly stop producing testosterone as we age, why should we prevent nature from taking its course? I think there are many natural processes that start to involve illness. Um, You can start to get renal disease. Uh, Okay, you may think of uh, viruses or um, say uh, problems with mentation or things like that as natural uh, illnesses uh, or a natural progression of aging. Uh, What we, and what I would like for myself, for my family and my patients is that I want my health line to match my age line. So it's not so much fun uh, to live to 100. So my mom lived to almost 101. Uh, and as I saw her aging, especially starting even, well, she's pretty good till about 95. Um, but when her eyes start going, when her ears start going, when she's not as mobile or things like that, um, it's not so much fun to live long if you're not living healthy or you're not aging healthy. So um, I went through uh, d- uh, disease or problems with my in-laws and I would watch these people in these assisted care facilities just sitting in wheelchairs day after day having to be fed. And that's the beauty when we look at hormone replacement or things that are considered natural parts of aging um, that, boy, I want to be as healthy and do as much as I uh, can and, and, and live the best life. And then, okay, maybe somebody hit me and buy a bus when I'm 95 or something like that. <laughs> so I look at yeah. it. My, my wife says that when I bike so often that I'm going to get into an accident like that. So I, I'm kind of there as well. I, I want to be healthy as I can be up to age 95 and then just fall off a cliff. And that's right. the things. Yeah, that wouldn't be a bad way to go. Well, so, they say, you know, especially with our vaccines, with our healthcare system, there are people that are being born today that may live to 120, 130. So, like I said, it's not so much fun getting up there if your bones are failing, if your heart is failing, if your brain is failing. And that's what testosterone replacement is about when I look at it. We are going to go down that road in just a moment. Before we talk about replacing testosterone, let's talk about trying to minimize those things which are destroying the testosterone that our bodies can still produce. There are a lot of things that we do that suppress testosterone production. What should we get out of the way first? Right. Well, 
Um, when you look at, say, immunity, when you look at our overall health, about 80% of the time it's coming from our gut and it's coming from our diets. And so uh, when you uh, look at inflammation in our bodies uh, and how our bodies are able to respond to hormones, whether or not that's thyroid, whether or not that's testosterone, um, the cells, uh, testosterone is a messenger. And if it can't get to where that receptor and where it starts communicating with our cells for energy, for uh, protein synthesis, for things like that going on, then it's a problem. And inflammatory factors, the three biggies in our diet are uh, gluten, uh, so wheat-based protein, especially American wheat-based protein, uh, and dairy and um, uh, sugar. Uh, and so being uh, more cognizant of a more um, health-conscious diet helps us. Being of moderate weight, when we gain weight, fat cells make estrogen, specifically estrone, and that is a killer for our testosterone and testosterone production. Uh, any kind of physical or emotional stress are also uh, killers for our natural testosterone production. So cleaning up our diets, exercising, these are all things that you know any doctor going into a doctor or most doctors should be preaching uh, to the crowd to be able to help you naturally, whether or not it's for your testosterone production uh, or to be better receptors to our testosterone. So I have read that uh, some of the most inflammatory tissue in our body is that central adiposity, the, the fat that accumulates inside our abdominal wall. Yep. And what is the relationship to testosterone supplementation and eliminating that beer belly fat? Yeah, so um, higher levels of testosterone um, help more with uh, keeping our lean body mass where our metabolism comes from, but that can also uh, help us as far as being leaner from that fat perspective. As you lose fat, you lose it kind of equally all over. But yes, that central obesity is definitely associated with inflammatory uh, reactions, whether or not it's healing from disease or whether or not it's primarily preventing disease. So trying to keep that lean waistline, which is very difficult in the face of our standard American diet, SAD for short, uh, mm -hmm. is uh, definitely inflammatory for us. <clears throat> So can testosterone actually help me target and reduce that, that uh, intra-abdominal fat, or is that just going to be an overall impact? It, it is a little bit of both. Uh, so testosterone is definitely a, a metabolic activator. Um, it's interesting, as I um, uh, pellet or do testosterone replacement therapy for couples, um, men frequently will start dropping that weight right away. And their wives are like, hey, wh why is my husband doing so much better than I am? Uh, just simply because the influence of estrogen and what goes on for women is, is definitely not fair when we look at a weight loss standpoint. But yes, it helps both with um, energy, motivation, recovery, all the things that are a perfect setup for losing that central uh, uh, abdominal or, or fat gain, um, but it also is a fat burner in general. It's, it's our body's natural steroid to be able to help us with that. Glad you went there. Let's do a quick lightning round on that. Is, is testosterone going to make me angry, agitated, and aggressive? 
Well, so the problem when you go to low testosterone, the body, body starts looking for where am I going to get you energy? And it starts, it starts either compensating or decompensating in any in other areas, putting stress on our adrenals, putting stress on our thyroids. And so we start to see deficiencies in those areas. And so when you look at, you know, many people look at testosterone and think, oh, you know, I'm, I'm going to buy a Chevy and run people off the road and I'm going to get, uh, you know, uh, angry, uh, like you're saying. Those are anabolic steroids. Those are not um, uh, androgens that are meant to be inside us. But do they bulk people up and, and have that kind of weight lift or look? They do. But what we're talking about is putting back into the body the same thing that's meant to be there when you felt your best. Um, at at 18, I think most people don't feel angry. They sleep great, they exercise great, uh, you, you know, and they have overall pretty good moods and pretty good outlooks on life. And that's where we're trying to go to. It, it's this decompensation that starts happening when you start making stress hormones uh, or start running deficiencies in these other hormones as a result of your low testosterone. Your body's trying to help you, but in that sense, it starts to make you, yes, uh, angry or cranky or things like that. When you don't feel good, you know, that's another result that goes on. Okay, so it is clear Dr. Dorsey's benefits to replacing testosterone lost to our aging bodies. But nothing is risk-free, right? Does testosterone increase the risk of prostate cancer? What about hair loss? If I'm already losing hair, will it get worse? What blood level is a signal that, yes, it is time to replace testosterone? We have lots more to cover in our deep dive into testosterone therapy right here on the Health Call Radio Hour. I hope you'll stay tuned. This is the Health Call Radio Hour, where treatments are always free, the stethoscope is never cold, and you don't have to wear an exam gown. Now, back to health and wellness correspondent, Lee Kelso. Welcome back to our deep dive on low testosterone therapy with Dr. Bruce Dore, a hormone replacement specialist who works with both men and women. I want to shift focus now to something many guys worry about, and that is hair loss. Is there a link between taking testosterone supplementation and accelerating male pattern baldness? And what about your prostate? That's a big problem. What's the link between testosterone supplements and the risk of cancer? Here's Dr. Bruce Dorr. Unfortunately, as we age, the prostate is one of those organs, just like our nose or our ears, that is consistently growing for us. And it grows in the face of not just specifically testosterone, but what I call testosterone's ugly cousin. It's called dihydrotestosterone, or DHT. That specifically acts on the prostate glands to, prostate gland to swell and to give us urinary frequency, uh, feelings of uh, heaviness, or that going on. It's not testosterone. In fact, testosterone is somewhat protective in the face of estrogen and DHT when it comes to prostate cancer. 
And when you look at uh, the studies out there, there's no um, study showing that uh, testosterone supplementation uh, increases the risk of prostate cancer or causes prostate cancer to grow. When you get prostate cancer, um, there's an influence of this DHT, estrogen, and testosterone all going on. So they do testosterone deprivation therapy for a short period of time. And then when you look at reintroduction of testosterone after prostate cancer, you can cut recurrences uh, by up to 75% by being back on testosterone again. So men should be overall reassured uh, that testosterone therapy uh, is overall very safe uh, in general. Can they still get prostate cancer? They can, uh, but testosterone in and of yeah. itself does not cause prostate cancer. You mentioned DHT. It is the primary villain and what I've got going on up here, and that is hair loss, andro, right. uh, androgenic alopecia, as, exactly. as the official name for it, uh, right. male pattern baldness. Right. Uh, is, is testosterone supplementation going to make that worse? Well, it depends on how big of a DHT converter that you are. So many of the more popular uh, medicines to help prevent that are DHT blockers. That's something called finasteride or Propecia or Dutasteride that tends to be used more for the prostate and blocking that DHT and its negative side effects for that. But it also grows great hair. And uh, you can see both uh, men and women that benefit from that DHT blocking. But over 50% of men will have that by age 50. 40% of women will have that by age 50, and they can benefit from that DHT blocker. So it all depends on the, the genetics that we get from our parents as far as uh, how that DHT uh, influences us. But in general, so if, no, uh, you uh, should not in, uh, have an increase in hair loss if you're just going to uh, moderate levels on, on your testosterone. Good point. So what is a moderate level? So the typical insurance threshold for low T in which they will cover uh, therapy is 300. Right. When you look at cutoff levels, unfortunately, the cutoff levels is not totally based in science. It was set by the FDA. You know, to find a study saying, you know, this threshold of 300, I think they had to make a number at some point so that testosterone, you know, uh, therapy just didn't get out of control, which it is a big multi-billion dollar industry when you look at that. But yes, the criteria, when you look at the American Urological Association, when you look at the Endocrine Society, they use that 300 as a cutoff. It, it's, it's about a lot about individualized therapy because the cutoff for you is different maybe than the cutoff for me where we start seeing disease. And that can happen at say a level of 400 for you or 500 for you, that you start to have uh, disease influence like diabetes, like osteoporosis or things like that. There are benefits uh, depending on the symptoms and the disease process that's going on that you can um, you should consider testosterone therapy even with levels above that 300 cutoff. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about my choices here. I can do many different forms of testosterone. We'll talk about right. that method of delivery in a moment, but first I want to get to bioidentical versus synthetic. What's important for me to understand there? 
it's, it's against federal law to patent and profit what's native to the human body. So the government didn't want one pharmaceutical manufacturer to have the rights on insulin or epinephrine or dopamine, and that translated over into testosterone and estrogen. So the pharmaceutical companies, to get around that patent, uh, say for women, um, they you can patent horse urine estrogen, but as far as patenting bioidentical or 17-beta estradiol, you can patent the delivery system of it, but you can't specifically patent the the chemical itself. So when you click bioidentical testosterone, that delivery system can be patented, but not the molecule itself, if that makes sense. So Mm -hmm. when you look at many of the popular uh, preparations where the pharmaceutical companies are profiting, um, that is modified testosterone. So it's similar, but not the same. So the problem is similar and same behave differently in our bodies. When you look at shots, those are modified testosterone. And many people think, like I said, that similar and the same behave the same in our bodies, and it doesn't. So many of the gels are bioidentical. That's um, that, that's the uh, bioidentical testosterone. So good, let's walk that path. So you're going to inject pellets beneath my skin. Uh, tell me about them, how they work, and why you see that as a benefit. It's not just putting back into your body what is meant to be there. It's about delivering it the same way. So when you put on a cream, up comes your level, down comes your level. So sometimes you have to do that cream a couple different times a day. Um, Same with a shot. You give yourself a shot, up you come, down you come. So um, the beauty of a pellet It's like giving you a brand new 18-year-old testicle in your backside. Now, um, the pellet goes in, your body surrounds it with blood capillaries, and every pump of your heart, in comes testosterone. So the way we were meant to receive testosterone is that blood would flow over our testicles, and if our heart rate is up, we get more. So after a workout, when we're scared, uh, during sex, whatever, when our heart rate is up, Um, in comes more testosterone. We're bathed in healthier testosterone levels for recovery, for anxiety, for all the things that testosterone does for us. So many guys that say go from gels or creams or shots or trochies that come over to the pellet side of life are like, oh, this is the way I used to feel because it's the same stuff delivered the same way. Again, if you joined us late, that is Dr. Bruce Dorr, a specialist in hormone replacement therapy for both men and women. His practice is in Colorado. He's also a consultant to a company called BioT. They specialize in bioidentical testosterone pellet therapy. You have these pellets placed under your skin every four to five months, so I see how that might be easier than applying a bioidentical testosterone cream every day like I do now. Do your research and decide what fits your lifestyle the best. I'll include a link to BioT and Dr. Dorr in the show notes from today's deep dive on low T therapy. And by the way, we go into greater detail on all of this in the video version that you will find on the Health Call website at healthcall.live. The clock has no mercy, so we've got to run. I hope you will be back next week for another edition of the Health Call Radio Hour. You've been listening to the Health Call Radio Hour. The discussion of conditions and treatments on this program is not a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment by a healthcare professional who knows you and your health needs. 
Find the podcast of today's episode wherever you get your podcasts or watch extended video versions of today's interviews on the Health Call website at healthcall.live. While you're there, drop us a line to ask a question or suggest a topic for a future broadcast. Join us each week on this station for another edition of the Health Call Radio Hour. Podcasts by Federated Media.